Well, hello, and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and as usual, I count it an honor and a privilege from our Lord to be here with you on this episode number 140 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, how many of you all are good at trading one thing for another? Trading up, if you will. Mm. Let's talk about that. So please go ahead and take this time to get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend encourages you, is coming to you with Let's Make a Deal. That's what's coming up. Next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendcouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do. And that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, everyone. So while I know this game show is back on the air, it's been back on for quite some time, if I'm not mistaken, I can remember as a young girl watching the original Let's Make a Deal. Remember that show? And the host at the time was Mr. Monty Hall. Now, for those that are unfamiliar with the show or don't really know the background of it, I've got a description here from Wikipedia and I've added a little of my definition in as well. So I've got four points for you that just summarizes the show. The first point is, is that the format of Let's Make a Deal involves selected members of the studio audience referred to as traders that make a deal with the host. Number two, in most cases, a trader will be offered something of value and given a choice of whether to keep that item or to exchange it for a different item. Number three, the program's defining game mechanism is that the other item, get this BCU family, is hidden from the trader until that choice is made. Oh, it gets better. (laughs) Point number four, the trader does not know if he or she is getting something of greater value or a prize that is referred to as a zonk. 
<laughs> and a zonk is an item purposely chosen by the team from Let's Make a Deal that has little or no value to the trader. Now, in watching this show down through the years, I have observed people trade good, <laughs> solid prizes and lumps of money in the intrigue, mystery, curiosity, and greed getting to them. They decided to trade what they had in their hands for whatever was hidden behind doors number one, two, or three. <laughs> so while the show BCU Family was fun and entertaining, we can actually apply the premise of let's make a deal to our lives. Let me give you some background first. So Psalm 51 and five reminds us that we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And what that means is spiritually speaking, because of our fallen nature, because of Adam and Eve, that every person that is born into this world is separated from God and needs to make a decision to be reconciled back to him. And we, in doing so, we have to recognize that we have sinned against God. All of us have at some point in time, myself included, and we need to repent from that. We need to repent from that. So I want to take you to Acts 2.38, which tells us to repent. Once our hearts are pricked and we realize that we have not done what God has told us to do, that we need to repent. And repent means to be godly sorry for any and everything that you've done to sin against God. And then after your repentance, you want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's important. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission or the washing away of those sins. They can just simply be washed away. All right. And then the third part to that is the scripture reminds us. And again, Acts chapter two, verse 38, that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And what that simply means, BCU family, is that Jesus now lives on the inside of your heart and that he truly is your Lord and Savior. And the reason or the, the way rather that you'll know that the way you'll know that is that you speak in a heavenly language, a language you don't know and you haven't studied. That is the initial evidence that you are truly saved that you truly are walking with the Lord and that you have him down on the inside, BCU family. That's it right there. So for those of us that are saved according to Acts 2.38, and if you're not, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Contact me at blend at blendcouragesyou.com and we'll talk and you'll get more information. So for those of us that have, we exchanged what was going to be coming up for us. And for those who don't confess Christ, for those that don't follow salvation, according to Acts 2.38, uh, there is hell and damnation waiting. Revelation 21 and 8 is just one of many scriptures that remind us uh, that 
the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers, idolaters, liars, anyone that hasn't repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost, anyone that hasn't done that and hasn't followed what the Lord has said since then, they shall have their part in the lake of fire and brimstone. So we, we don't want that BCU family. So once we're saved, we have exchanged what was waiting for us upon death. Okay. We've exchanged that for eternal life with Jesus Christ. That is awesome. And it is amazing. And I praise God for that. What also we have to remember is while we have the salvation, it doesn't stop at Acts 2.38. That's where things start. And God gives us this salvation. Now it's our responsibility with the help of the Lord to maintain it. That means that we live holy and we make our decisions based on what the word of God says versus what our flesh tells us to do, what people tell us to do, or what the enemy would have us to do. That feels a little bit better. So this is where another bit of the trade comes in. Let's make a deal trade. So let me ask a question. How many of us have traded at one point or another in our lives what God said for that hidden item that we find out about after our exchange? For example, how many of us have traded our purity for some love, more than likely lust, which the hidden part can end in unwanted pregnancy, unexpected financial responsibilities, disease, or heartbreak? How many of us have traded our honesty for maybe a larger income tax refund, which in a lot of cases will be rapidly blown through or whatever the item was that you purchased won't be as wonderful, won't get to enjoy it. Or how many of us have traded our time with God for a movie or a TV show which in and of itself may not be simple. Perhaps the Lord is calling you to him and you hush his voice to go to that television show or the movie or whatever it is. So your flesh might be temporarily satisfied, but your spirit is restless and empty. The enemy, the devil works through our flesh if we allow him to. And he would like nothing more than for us to make a deal with him. In other words, to trade or exchange what we have already, what we know to be true, what God has told us, what he has uh, requested for us to do, what he said for us not to do. The enemy wants us to exchange that for something that might seem better, but after the reveal, it turns out 
to be of little or no value. Let's take King Saul for an example. So we're going to be at 1 Samuel chapter number 15. And I encourage you, BCU family, in your quiet time with God to read this chapter in its entirety. For the sake of time, I'm going to uh, do a bit of a synopsis for some and read some of it. So 1 Samuel chapter 15, we open here with King Saul, who has been anointed by God to be king of Israel. And the Lord, for his specific reasons, told Saul, along with his troops, to go in and to destroy Amalek. He had to destroy the city and to spare nothing. So Saul goes in to destroy the city, and rather than sparing nothing, Saul spared Agag, and he was the king of the Amalekites, and he also spared choice sheep, calves, oxen, and lambs. That's in verse number nine. So rather than doing exactly what God told him to do, Saul did part of it. He did part of it. So once that happened, uh, verse 10 tells us that uh, the word of the Lord came to Samuel. Samuel just was doing whatever he was doing. And the Lord came to him and said, you know what? I regret that I set Saul up to be king because he turned his back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And Samuel was so grieved by this BCU family that he cried unto the Lord all night long. This is verse number 11. So the next day, Saul is telling Samuel what he had done. You know, he had done what the Lord had said. And Samuel says, well, I hear all these animals, you know, bleating, making their little noises. What is that I, that I hear in my ear? Verse number 15 says, and Saul said, they, meaning his people that he had command over, have brought these animals from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. And we, we destroyed everything else. And at that time, BCU family, this is what happened. And, and that's a whole other podcast. And I'll try to link that. I do have some information on uh, what happened for offerings and that there were certain animals that had to be in perfect shape to be offered up to God for specific reasons. And I'll try to link that podcast. But the point was, is that that's not what God said to do. Let's keep going. Verse number 16. Samuel said unto Saul, you know what? Stay here. And I'm going to tell you what the Lord told me. And Saul said, yes, please say on. Verse number 17, Samuel said, when you were little in your own sight, you know, did not God make you head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed you to be king over Israel. Verse number 18 says, the Lord told you he sent you on a journey and he said to you, go 
and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Your direction, Saul, was to destroy them. Verse 19 says, why didn't you obey the voice of the Lord? Instead, you, you took things from <laughs> the Amalekites. You took their sheep and their oxen and their lamb and you spared their king. You did evil in the sight of the Lord because you didn't listen. And Saul said to Samuel, no, no, I obeyed the voice of the Lord. I went the way that the Lord sent me. I brought back the king. And I destroyed everyone else. Verse 21. Hang in here with me, BCU family. But the people took of the spoil and the sheep and the oxen and the chief of things which should have been utterly destroyed. They did that, though, to sacrifice it unto the Lord thy God. Verse 22. Samuel said, you know, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices over obeying his voice? Listen, Samuel said, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken to the fat of rams. In other words, it would have been better for you to listen and do exactly what God told you to do rather than disobeying and saying, well, I'm giving this to you. Verse 23 goes on to say that the rebellion of sin is like witchcraft and being stubborn is as iniquity. You all get that now. We're born in sin and shaped in what? Iniquity and idolatry. Meaning that you put something above God. And because of this, because you have rejected what God has told you to do, he's rejected you from being king. My God. Verse 24 says, and Saul said to Samuel, you know what? I've sinned. I've transgressed. And I did this. Get this, BCU family, because I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. So Saul was afraid of what the people would say and think. And rather than doing what God said to do, that sure thing, he allowed the people to push him into doing something that God said not to. There's a trade. Now, verse number 25 says, you know what? Saul realized it and said, listen, you know, just forgive my sin and come back. And I want to go back to the Lord. Verse number 26, BCU family. Here's the result of the trade. Samuel said unto Saul, I'm not going back with you for you have been rejecting the word of the Lord and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. In other words, there is nothing that you can do. There is nothing that you can do. Um, <laughs> the deal that he made, that Saul made, cost him his throne. And there was nothing he can do to get it back. Saul made a deal. He exchanged the divine will of God for people approval and that's a whole other podcast and choice animals. And no matter how sorry he was, he could not get it back. God's no was final. BCU family, 
I can tell you firsthand how tempting it is to go outside of what God said, of his will to get what you want, to do what seems best, to appease people, to hurry the process along. It might seem good to you. It might make sense to you. But when God tells us to do something, when we trade his commands for what looks good or that instant gratification, I can tell you of a truth firsthand that we always end up with the zonk. We always end up losing. We lose our blessings, our miracles, our peace of mind, our favor with God. And yes, we can lose our place in the kingdom. We can lose our place in heaven. And when you think about it, is anything on this earth worth losing our souls for? I would tell you that King Saul would tell us no, absolutely not. So in thinking about this sobering lesson, with the help of the Lord, let's hold on to God's word and walk in obedience as he requests for us to do. And in doing so, rather than making any deals that's going to get us something of little or no value, we can rest assured that whatever God has for us is all reward. It's all good. And it will always, always be perfect for us. Always be great. Amen. Amen. Well, BCU family, we are done with playing Let's Make a Deal. And I'd like to know uh, how you feel about our lesson today. So please head on over to blendcouragesyou.com. If you're not already here, go to the comment section and let's hear what you have to say on this. So my time is drawing to a rapid close here, BCU family. So I'm going to go ahead and close out. Thank you all so much for listening and Lord will until the next time we're together. May our awesome God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you and give you peace as you stay on the wall.